Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to season two. Yay. Again, no sound effects. The end of January celebrates a full year Architecturalist Political Podcast. Can't believe I survived a year. A whole year. Wow. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for whether you're finding me for the first time or you've been with me since day one. I want to thank you. Thank you so much for the love and support that you've bought me. I was thinking about what I was going to talk about today. Well, first the episode. It's called Death by Architecture. And it's a podcast by Tennille. You will be introduced to her very shortly. It's an interesting topic. I so enjoyed talking to Tennille. This is the second time we talked and it's like we've known each other forever. It amazes me how the connections are just, is just instant, you know? Other times, not so much, but I, I appreciate it when it does happen and it happens so smoothly and so well and it, the conversation is just full of laughter and I keep saying this and I, and I always say this, we can always talk for hours, but... It's pretty short, so it's it's under an hour. I was keen to keep it under the hour this time. So I've decided for this year, I will be recording every other week. Or should I say, put recordings out every other week. Because that weekly schedule was, was challenging. And I'm glad that I did it. But I'm going to scale it back a little bit and do it every other week. I was thinking about doing something for Black History Month. I had some things line up and, well, I shouldn't say line up. I told people that I was doing something, including you, and no, I don't think I'm going to do it. There's so many other things going on, so many other people that do things. I think I'm just going to promote them. I'm going to step back and not, not be in that crowd this time. Or I could just celebrate Black History in April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. December, or even this month, I could have done it. So I'm gonna leave February up to the other folks out there, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a step back on it. I I've decided to not do anything special for the podcast, but just do it in general, like I've been doing it before. So in terms of getting back into the uh, swing of things, in terms of where I grew up, I'm gonna start investigating again. I actually got an interview lined up with someone to talk about the area. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. There's nothing else for me to, to say. Enjoy the conversation and I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Good, my fellow podcaster. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Who are you? Who's this person I'm talking to? <laughs> well, my name is Tennille Bettenhausen and I am from Southern California, born and raised. I live what here part? now. Part of California. I grew up in Long Beach, California, and went to high school in Long Beach and decided to go to Arizona for college because I needed to get as far away from my mom as possible, but be close to come home and do my laundry and visit family. And so Arizona was it. <laughs> so I went to Arizona State University for architecture and graduated in 2000. Why architecture? 
Well, my stepdad is a civil engineer. So I grew up going to, he's a oil tanker civil engineer. So I grew up going to oil tankers and seeing his projects. He taught me how to do AutoCAD, which is now thinking back was probably child labor. Uh, so, <laughs> but I loved doing it. I loved getting an AutoCAD and, and helping him like kind of move lines around. I had no idea at the time what I was doing, but I knew that I really loved it. And when I got ready to decide what I wanted to do for a living and, and what to study, I didn't want to, civil engineering or what he was doing was super dirty. And I didn't want to like be on an oil tanker. That didn't sound good so <laughs> or fun. And so I decided to go into architecture and thought, well, you know, I'll just try it out and see. Maybe it's not for me. And the program that I went to, there's a lot of stops to make sure, gut check, is this for you? You know, it's two, you get in, it's two years, you do a portfolio and a, a critique and review, and then you're let in for your final years. And I loved it. And it's never, I never let it go. I was sure that that was what I wanted to do. Was there any programs or anything? Or you just, in high school, you just picked, checked the box of architecture? I just checked the box. I thought, you know, this, this sounds good. And like I said, if it's not for me, then I'll, I'll find something else. It's like a cat, you know, that falls and lands on their feet. I'll figure it out. <laughs> but because of him, I got to see just how neat it is to go from paper to fruition like you get to mm -hmm. see it play out on a piece of paper where a black screen you know as AutoCAD was back in the day just this what I remember of it is this green you know black and green screen of lines and to see it come to fruition I've always loved that you said Long Beach I keep that that line keeps popping up in my head oh my gosh I just it's kind of hard growing up in the LBC Yes. Uh, yeah. You know. From the uh, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Double G. Yeah. That that guy. Was it was it like that? No, I I love Long Beach. Super diverse. I I loved going taking a walk in my neighborhood and seeing people of different backgrounds and from everywhere. I thought that was just the neatest thing. Right now we live in Orange County and it's very much so not like that, you know. And so I remember I have a fond memory of it being just so culturally diverse and everybody getting along. And I had so many friends with, with different cultural backgrounds. I, I thought it was just really, really neat upbringing. And Snoop Dogg did go to high school close to, he didn't go, I didn't go to his high school, but he did go to high school close to me. That My whole friends. phenomenon back in the day, how was, you know, like, yeah. He's repping my area. Was it like that? I don't think so. And the ba and back then, it wasn't like a big deal. Everybody knew. So Snoop Dogg's from Long Beach. He wasn't even that big a deal when I was in high school. It wasn't until later that I was like, oh, I knew that guy. Oh, my friend went to prom with that guy. Like, he was just, <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> not a big deal. Casually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Now he's like this huge thing, but uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> How about with the whole NWA and all that stuff? Was that? You know, I think that was, I, I was younger during that time, but I mean, without it, I don't think the culture of, of music or, or that landscape of music would, would exist. What is existent today wouldn't have existed without NWA, Eazy-E, all that. It's such a rich background to music. And, you know, obviously my grandmother was like, you know, don't listen to that. Like mm -hmm. 
gangster rap, you know. <laughs> it's so weird even saying that word, gangsta. Gangsta rap, rap right? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she hated it, you know, clutched her pearls mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. But, you know, I know so many people from the neighborhood that listened and wanted to be like them. Not the the gangster part, not the what most people know about that era, but laying down your own beats, having, putting your stamp on it, I guess, maybe in the same way that, you know, designers look at their designs. Like this was something that I created and I, so many of my friends, you know, lay, were doing that, laying their own, making their own mixtapes and selling them or whatever, like giving them to people. There was a record store in my neighborhood and they would go there. They had a studio in the back and, and they would let kids in the neighborhood lay tracks and learn how to do that stuff. And I thought that was just so neat. Obviously I didn't get to go over there because my grandmother was like, no, but you know, it was a neat thing for the neighborhood. And I actually, I believe the record store is still open Oh, and they still do that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Really rare now. Yeah. Yeah. I was like record store like that. I mean, back then that was normal, but today you could just get your music from, you know, Amazon. (laughs) 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 Okay. You graduated from architecture school. You started working and how was that like? Well, I made it through architecture school. (laughs) Barely. (laughs) And I came, well, so I've, I finished architecture school and I started to apply to jobs in Arizona and could not find a job. I mean, I sent out my resume left and right. Like I was any, any job in any firm. And I got a call from a guy and he was like, I was like, oh, I got an interview. Like, yes, this is it. Like somebody's going to interview me. And he's like, no, 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 <laughs> I don't want to interview you. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, but I'm going to give you a piece of advice you don't know AutoCAD, you know, you don't know it. Like I said, I used it with my dad or my stepdad previously when I was growing up. But when I was in school, my program was very much so hand drawings. And he's like, you're worth a dollar an hour to me. So go back to school and learn AutoCAD. And I think you'll get a better response from your resume. And so I went back to school did a program, like a graphic design program that had AutoCAD as a, as a learning you know, course. I learned AutoCAD, I became Autodesk certified. Then I sent out my resume and I was able to get a job, but I decided at that point I, w- I was ready to come back to California. So I got my first job in a firm in Southern California, you know, and then, so I landed there and I was like, I know AutoCAD. And they were like, we use Micro station. <laughs> like, <laughs> I learned, I learned this so that I could get a job. But okay, but I mean, you know, they used both. Translated. Honestly. Yeah, it's easily translatable. But it's funny. Like, really? Okay. Who was this man that told you this? Do you know? I cannot go. I went through, you know, all of my emails because I wanted to to thank him for. I mean, he didn't have to. Call me. No, not at all. And I mean, eventually I probably would have figured it out, but kindness of strangers, you know, he called me out of the blue. He said, here's some, drop some knowledge on me. And I thought, okay, whatever guy, like, but I need a job. And, you know, he changed the course of my career. He made it easier. That's for sure to 
get in and get a job, but I don't know who, I don't know who he was. And I have looked it up so that I could, so that I could reach out to him and see how he's doing, but I don't know who it is. Were you ever bothered or concerned or anything about like architects that look like you? Yeah. I mean, on, on two levels, women in my program, I was one of three in my class and then African-American, not very many in my program at all, maybe one of five. So that was concerning because I thought, you know, no one looks like me. Is this, is this for me? And so I, you know, that was, it was a struggle, but I was like, I'm committed to this. I'm a very type A personality. And so I was like, it's going to happen. So (laughs) thank goodness. I just kept going. I'm like, Uh you know, I'm going to make it work. How many jobs did you have in architecture? I graduated in 2000 and I worked from 2000 to 2013 when I had my daughters. So I was at four firms in that time period from 2000 to 2013. How did you start podcasting? How did that happen for you? I've always been fascinated with podcasts or spoken word audio, I guess you could say. So Mm -hmm. like NPR, like the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me or Car Talk or all of those shows. I've always been fascinated with it. I think I like podcasts before they were like a thing. I've always listened and I'm intrigued with the idea of storytelling. I love listening to people tell a story or you get to know you get to know someone by like hearing their story. And I, I look back to like everything I know about how my family came here from Africa. I learned at the feet of my grandmother, right? So somebody told her the story and then she told the story. And there's just such a rich tool to use to continue the story. I think so, so it's so easy now because we have so much information right at our fingertips, but what about, you know, just keeping it simple and, and hearing a story, something about it makes, makes people happy, you know, and boosts serotonin, it makes you smile. Like, and so I think that's why I've always been intrigued about getting into podcasting and telling the stories that need to be continually told, not let it be just a, a Google search. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's, I it like kinda, It, it kind of reminds me of back in the day when there was no TV Mm-hmm. And people would sit around the radio and just listen. I feel that now, whether I'm in my car or even in my house cleaning, mm-hmm. like I, I would put something on or maybe at night, I don't want to read. I just want to sit back and just, I mean, there's a, there are podcasts for everything. It's amazing. Like there's this one called um, T's and Z's and <laughs> what they do is read the terms and conditions of anything, of Facebook, of of Twitter, of Airbnb, he would read the terms and conditions. And I was like, oh, let me try this. And it backfires for me because I end up listening and I'm up. He has this really like monotone way of talking. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'll just get bored. I'll get more bored and then not follow, it doesn't work for me, but I still have it though. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. T's and C's. <laughs> but it's just, it's just stuff like that, that I just love the variety of it, you know? 
They said, I was reading a report, Edison and, and NPR did a report that spoken word listening has gone up 30% over the last six years. And that's, that's like people that are listening to the radio or music, but most people are listening to spoken word. They're listening to podcasts. They're listening to shows on NPR. And, and in 2020, it went up 8%. Oh. So there's people are listening. It's, it's a space that it's a neat space. Like you said, you can learn about almost, there's a podcast about everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And you have a specialty too. So you, you're focusing on true crimes. Have you always been interested in CSI, NCIS, like that type of law and order, all of that. I, I love true crime. I think my husband's like, should I worry? Like, why are you always listening to? <laughs> I'm the person that can go to bed listening to a true crime podcast and fall asleep. Like, you know, it's like, it could be anything, a gory story. And I'm like, okay, good night, everybody. I know it's weird, but I do love, I love hearing the stories. I mean, some people might shy away from that, but like I said, there's some names of, of people that bad things have happened to them but we need to remember them. And, and that's, you know, those stories are their stories. And so I like to hear, you know, what drives me crazy are the unsolved mysteries. Like, I don't like listening to that because I want to hear it. I want to, that architect in me, that project manager in me wants it to come to fruition. Like I need to know what happened. <laughs> I hate unsolved. And when it's unsolved, I'm like, Oh. <laughs> but I, I do. We're still I, out there, you know. Yeah, I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> In my neighborhood, it's my neighborhood. Where is he? Uh, he looks so <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but I'm always. My mom and I would watch, you know, 2020 and Dateline, and mm-hmm. so it's it's been it's it's been a love of mine for a long time. So, so your podcast is named Death by Architecture. I I. I remember when you first told me about this, I was like, how many, how many episodes can you produce with this? Like how, you know, and then you started listing all these things to me and I was like, oh yeah, that's a whole season right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You'd be surprised. I, you know, when I, I thought about doing a podcast about the industry, I still work in AEC. I work on the marketing and business development side. I'm not designing anymore. So I had originally thought maybe I'll do a podcast about, you know, architecture or, you know, people in architecture, women in architecture. And there's such great podcasts out there today in this space. Like I listen to this podcast. There's practice of architecture is a good one. And so I'm like, there's already good you know, podcasts in this space. Like, do we need another, do we need another, another voice? Which sure, there's room for, for everybody. But I thought, what else, can, what do I love? And so I, I talked to a girlfriend who has a podcast at AEC and she said, make sure you could talk about it. Like, make sure there's enough to talk about. It's, you know, she's like, I, she sells stone. And she's like, I could talk about stone all day, every day, but are people going to want to listen to me talk about stone? So make sure that there it's interesting. There's make sure there's a niche in a niche. Hmm. And I thought, okay, well, a niche in a niche, like, what am I supposed to do with that? So I'm like, my niche is AEC, but where's the other niche? And then I thought, well, what are my loves? I love wine. And there's a lot of wine and, you know, drinking podcasts, wine and crime, like, beer and beer and crime 
I was like, but I like crime. Well, what about crime and architecture? It's gotta be some true crime. So I did a quick search and I had quite a few stories. And the feedback from the first two episodes have been, I never knew that our industry was so salacious. Like we're just normal people too, I guess. And- <laughs> we die from yeah yeah it's not like the mouse all of a sudden wraps around your throat or anything like that no 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 it's just the human condition and the human condition crosses multiple industries and so I've got quite a few stories up my sleeve so I won't I'm not at a lack of stories that's for sure how'd you do your research originally I I researched for the original stories I knew about them. Like, I mean, I knew Frank Lloyd Wright. I had heard that story a couple of times. And then the last couple of episodes are, so the next ones that are coming out are people telling me like, look into this story, look into the, have you heard of this story? So it maybe it's not as uncommon as people think because I've gotten so many story ideas from just people in the industry. Like, you know, check out Google, like crime of the century. And that's, you know, this, a story about a principal. It, there's a movie about it. So there are some, a lot of stories out there and I, I just want them to come organically to me. Like, you know, I'll, if somebody sends me an idea, I'll research it and do it. Cause you know, it's gotta be some information out there somewhere. And mm-hmm. so that's how I do it. And, and then I just go through just the typical searches if I know somebody I had listened to your podcast and I I was like I'm gonna reach out to her and see what she knows about the story and so that's what I've been doing I'd rather do I'd rather find like good sources on a story that were acquainted with the story that knew something about it than just do a google search and that's just that's easy that's Mm -hmm. but I want to hear perspective on the story I mean Obviously, Frank Lloyd Wright, that was a very long time ago. There's not anybody to talk about that story. But, you know, I want to hear, I want to hear about the relationships. I want to, I want to tell the story in a multidimensional way, not just what you can read on, on the internet. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about your first episode. You mentioned it, Frank Lloyd Wright. And I heard about this, this, this casual, not casual, but in school or whatever, you end up reading about it and part of your assignment or curriculum or what have you. I was really bothered how they accused this Black guy in killing his family and blaming all on him. Now I'm like, that's kind of suspect. Why would this Black guy kill kill these famous white people? Why would he do that? Like, it didn't make any sense to me, right? Right. Yeah, it, it bothered me too. And I mean, in listening to the, the that's, that's the research that's out there and the information that's that's out there is that that this black guy did it and I searched high and low to see if I can find another angle that's Julian Carlton is is what everybody says happened he did actually commit suicide after the you know but I, I know that there was more to that story it's just it's so old that there's no like you know what happened in there like he was obviously having problems with the staff. Like there was there was definite information on, you know, on the fact that they were arguing, that there was racial tension, that there was a lot of things happening. Even the wife said, you know, they were ready to leave. Like they were like, we're out of here. We're going to go back to Chicago. And so he was fired 
or it, or he quit or whatever, they were getting ready to leave. So what happens between him, that two week time period is just kind of like, and then he went and killed them for no reason. Like it doesn't, it, in my mind, it didn't make sense either. And that's the research that is out there is that that's the narrative that that's what happened. I mean, I had really originally tried to somehow figure out like, did Frank Lloyd Wright, was he involved? Like you know, did he tell him, you know, you know, the true crime person, right, is, you know, right. like, I'm gonna find out if, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright has something <laughs> to do with that. You're telling me he was in Chicago, but uh, no, like the husband always, but I can't, I just, I couldn't connect the dots. There was no, you know, it looks like a plain and simple, he, he was mad and then burned, burned down Taliesin. I, you know, but that, that was originally, I had heard that story when I was in school because, you know, every architectural history class talks about Frank Lloyd Wright. I went to school in, our, in Arizona and half of the campus is, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright. So mm-hmm. very much so a prominent figure in, in architectural history at that school. And, you know, that's, that's all I could find. And I, I, I really tried hard to see if I could figure it out. I got a true crime sleuth this way. I'm going to find it, but I just couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's unfortunate, like, because, but, but uh, what I found interesting is that a lot of my research did not talk about the racial tension that had happened prior to the incident. Like, so a lot you will find out there just says, oh, he went crazy and he killed everybody. But there's a couple of sources that I found that really spoke to the fact that there was racial tension at Taliesin between everybody. You know, it was kind of glossed over at first, but I was like, wait, wait, I see that. So there was something happening there, but I mean, it was so long ago that, you know, not a lot. And that's what I found too in doing my own personal research with with where I grew up. And I recently came across an article of the architect that did the housing project that I lived in. And she was, she had some views that today would be extremely challenging to say the least. And when I was reading it, I was like, oh, I see. Ah, oh, hmm. I don't, I don't know if we would be friends or not. Mm. And it's kind of like the, and I had another podcast um, interview prior to yours. And one of the things that this person had said was we design in the time, right? So whatever political situation has been going on, this is this is a, a mark of, of what's been going on. And do you, do you fault that mindset do you, do you get upset with that? Should I be upset at this particular architect for thinking the way she was thinking? Because of the time. Because like, of the time. Right. You know, right. like, you know, Negro was still a word commonly used during her time. Right. And the idea that Black people were lazy and Black people are uneducated. And I'm like, well, you didn't let us get educated. So I'm like, I'm kind of confused at that. But should I fault her for that? And in the same way, we don't talk about that stuff. We don't, we don't, we, we highlight the building, but we don't highlight the person. Just like Frank Lloyd Wright, he was an asshole. You know, he, you know, he was a, he was, he's a dick. And so 
do you separate the man from his work? I mean, in today's times, we don't do that. You know, no. you, you get you get canceled quick by by doing that. Now the the thing is to cancel people even back in the day. So should she get canceled? Should 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 FLW get canceled? I mean, there's some things that you just don't forget. Like, I mean, once I knew that he was a jerk, I mean, he was an asshole. And that was very common knowledge that he was an asshole. And he cheated on his wife. Like, he had booze all over the place. Like, you know, and so that's International, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I had to, the funny thing is that when I was researching the story, I had to go back and look at pictures. I'm like, was he that, like, amazing looking (laughs) that he had? international booze like he had side pieces everywhere and so I'm like I knew that about him but you're right like do you in this culture do you cancel the architecture part of it do you cancel the fact that he designed all these great buildings but he was also a jerk so, and there, and what I was saying was like, you, I don't separate those two, right? Every time I, you know, I look at a, a building of his, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, I know a lot about it. But I mean, it doesn't take away the fact that they were, that they were designers and that, or, you know, that they were in the space doing that job. They were, you know, we all have, it's the human condition, right? We all have our, our issues, I suppose, so don't uh, all the research that you've been doing so far has anything surprised you I think yeah there there's been a couple stories there's a story that I'm working on now you know a 16 year old construction worker that those stories kind of surprised me in like 16 you know you're 16 you're 17 years old you know that this poor guy didn't even get to to live his life you know, that's those, those things surprise me. Some people are just how easily people are just picked from this world. I think that those, those things always surprise me when I'm like, you were doing your job, you're living your life, you're, but somehow you, you're picked away from, from this too soon. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that, that's always very surprising to me to hear the stories of like, and that's why I go so much into the more the history of the person and less of the actual crime because some people if you wanted the bloody gory like and then the head was ripped off and blah blah blah, you could find a podcast for that (laughs) like you know but I wanted to talk about how it's connected to architecture who the history side and then how it how it turned into a crime and uh, yeah it's always surprising that when you dig down into the story it's a real person these are real people and it's some of them are very sad. I mean, all of it is, is just really sad. Mm-hmm. The reason why I we met is you listened to my podcast about Desiree. Mm-hmm. And you worked at Little at one point, but not in the Virginia office. It was another office. So how did that news translate to where you were at that time? So I worked in Little... Little's LA office in 2016 to two, well, 2017 to 2019. And so that the, the crime had happened already prior to me coming to Little. But, you know, Little is a, it's kind of a, 
it's funny to say this because people are always like little, like little is a big family of people. I think once you've li- you've worked there, there's a lot of interchanging of staff. You know, there were quite a few people in my office that had worked in the DC office. I worked in Florida, North Carolina, obviously, because that's where their corporate office is. And so a lot of people stay and move around and, and you know, come start offices and move on. And so there were quite a few people that knew her that worked in the office and the story the story was told to me while i you know i was working there and i was like what like that's what and and, and that w- it was just a brief like yes this happened in our dc office or, you know in our east coast office and it was tragic and there they were to this day very affected by what happened and I, and, and they couldn't, the person that told me about it, couldn't talk anymore about it. Just was like, yeah. It's, and couldn't finish talking about it. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I got to find out. Like I was intrigued at that point. And uh, it's always been in the back of my head of like, I got to tell the story. I got to, I got to continue to tell the story because people need to know about it. You know, just as half the people that listened to my podcast had no idea about Frank Lloyd Wright and what it had his connection to this, like lots of people just don't know this story. And so we have a duty to, to, to keep it going and to keep mm-hmm. her memory life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was kind of disturbing at the time when the news hit mainstream media and a couple of like, I don't want to call it ratchet, but a couple of blogs had picked it up and they this just the comments alone was very disturbing to say the least. And I end up, you know, you end up like yelling at 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 your screen because the information was incorrect or the way they portrayed her was was not who she was, you know. But it was just a story of like, you know architect it was this was a catch clickbait type thing and right. so I'm glad that you are telling the story the way that it in a respectable manner and get that type of information out there and not have let's let's start erasing the the crap that's that's already been posted so yeah, um, yeah. I mean I have a duty to like like I said I worked at Little for some time and I I, I love that company. They're a great company. And so I've recognized that the sensitivity of this, like, you know, obviously there's a connection there that I worked at the company that'll be a part of the story. And then, you know, she worked there and, and just telling her narrative, like, you know, you know, people need to know this story. And like you said, to ra- erase that the narrative that's out there, the, you know, the poorly told story, that's what I'm going to try to do and be as sensitive as possible, you know, because I want, if anyone were to tell a story about me, I would want my mom to be able to listen to it and, and to be, to it, to be the story, right. To tell the story, but to be in a way that would be well received by those that were left behind. And, and so it's my goal to, to talk about what's the, the positive that's happening, you know, from that tragedy, the, the scholarship fund and, the continual education of, of, you know, getting female Black architects into this, you know, more, funneled more into the, into the profession. Like, that's awesome. There, it was a very terrible thing that happened, but there's some good that's happening out of it. And that's, I'm sure that makes her happy. It has to, Mm -hmm. you know. 
Mm-hmm. Some people may, oh, this is so depressing. Have you gotten that? Or has anybody said that? Or No, I, I, I think, you know, there's going to be some people that, like you were saying, that listen to the terms of, <laughs> terms of, <laughs> you know, service of recovery. Yeah, We're not sponsored people. by this podcast, but, you know. <laughs> but if you want to. If, you want, if anybody's <laughs> listening. Come on now. I could I could tie in architectures, political, and T's and Z's. That's right. That's right. But you know, there's something for everybody, right? And some people really enjoy that. Like I said, I'm not in for the like gory, like I want to tell the story, but it's I think a lot of the feedback that has been like people like to hear the the history of, you know, so it's like I said, it's two-parter, right? Like it's the history, but this there's the crime, but you know, and they're not all death stories. Like, you know, the crime, there's white collar, white collar crime as well mixed in there. So, but yeah, some people aren't um, into true crime and that's okay, you know, because there's something out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked about this earlier, when buildings become death, the one that I brought up was the vessel mm-hmm. in New York City. They temporarily closed that down because- Apparently people are jumping off and killing themselves. And I was trying to think of the other building, but I, I screwed it. I couldn't find anything. So I'm not going to mention that one, but with, with the vessel, the last time I've been in New York was back in 2018 and my architectural vocabulary is kind (laughs) of horrible. I mean, you know, it's so when I saw it, I was like, oh, when are they going to finish this? Where's the rest? <laughs> where's the, where are they gonna put the skin on? Like, what's going on? Where's the facade? And I was just, I was clueless. Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't. And I was there for an architectural conference too. Like, I was just like, I'm not. No, I'm not doing a tour of that. Why? I don't want to do a construction tour. And like, it was almost completed at the time. So sorry. So when I did find out, like, this is prior to the other news broke, and a lot of you know on IG people were taking photographs of it and sitting up there, and I was just like, that railing is kind of low. I mean, it's the standard height, but I was like, that railing is kind of low. Oh well, they they know what they're doing, and. <laughs> And then, and then they close it down because people were jumping off of it. So I was just, I was just thinking about, I bet somebody mentioned this before or like, Hey, I'm going to just jump. Right. Don't this. And I can imagine the architect. This is, this is me in my head. I have read nothing about this other than the headlines. How like, we don't have like fall protection here, but not, not so much. Someone's going to trip over, but just wanting to jump over. Like I, I wonder, you, you know, you sit in those project meetings, like, did anybody bring that up? Like, hey, this might be a problem. You know, I'm sure I've been in project meetings on projects and I'm like, are we sure I want to do that? <laughs> you know, I wonder. I can imagine how the architect would fight for these fall, prote- fall protections because these, these things, the little nets or whatever, yeah. they'll catch you. I can imagine how that would ruin the entire aesthetic, the whole point of that whole building, you know, like it, it's, it's supposed to be the way it, it, it is now, not, not these random nets all scattered around, like hmm. it, it, it destroys that pretty picture. Yeah. I am, I've done some quick 
research and it's a it was 150 feet high like I mean that's that's pretty high and that's that's yeah that's a that's a net breaker for sure that's for sure and you know glass and steel so I work in the steel industry so this is definitely right right up my alley for a story for sure but I'm sure I could find out more information about it but yeah it's just a neat it a neat structure like I mean but the, it's the beehive the, what I just saw like it looks it's very much so like a beehive mm-hmm. very interesting mm-hmm. but it only, com- only completed in 2019 so it wasn't open yeah. for very long yeah hmm. so I just I, th- I find that really interesting because I think originally we think true crime it's not a obviously it's not a criminal to to you know this building right but is it though like wouldn't you sue the architect for that like wouldn't you the family like how could you not prevent my kid from jumping right this is america this is in manhattan of you know like in the middle yeah right right (laughs) right in a very rich area of new york that they build it's it's you know i mean even we i mean we install fall protections on roofs all the time like there's this i you know we we don't like to put it up there because you don't want to see the railing but we got to put it up there and then you know does it does it fall on you know nyc authority to enforce things like this too like if they put it in their state code or city code or whatever yeah i mean yeah obviously i think you know so all the buildings that I've ever built, you know, I did schools. So obviously there's codes, you know, you got to go through plan review and plan check. Like where was, where was that in this? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It would be an interesting story. That's for sure. I do want to thank you for your support of the podcast. And, you know, this is just a, it's such a, I will say like, I've only been in the podcast community for a short time, but it's a awesome community. And the support I've gotten was like, just do it, go for it. Lots and lots of support. And I've joined podcast groups on Facebook. And I mean, just such awesome support. It's amazing. It's like, I'm proud to be a part, like now I'm a part of the podcast community. You're a podcaster. He's like, go do it, go team. And, you know, and, and I think too, having that voice being african-american and female and getting into this space i didn't think anybody i didn't think there were a whole bunch of us like you don't get to see what we look like when we're talking and so but gosh there's so many i just joined a a facebook group of african-american or people of color women of color podcasters and gosh there's just so many it blows my mind it's like this is such a neat awesome community and i want my girls to see when we rally around each other and we're positive and we're supportive that's that the end of the day if I teach them nothing else like good architecture aside or your mom was a architect or or did design or loved buildings or whatever that how you rally around your community that's that's what I want to show them and so it's been it's been neat to be a part of it for even this short of time and I'm not done yet (laughs) I'm not done yet have you thought in terms of long-term of what you the podcast yeah. yeah at first I thought you know my coworkers actually even asked me this question because this is obviously my thing like I work 
I work in the steel industry. I'm a business developer, you know, for steel fabricators in the US. And so this is like a side project of mine. And so they were like, we didn't know you were starting a podcast. And I'm like, that was by design because I wasn't sure that I was going to click publish. I just wasn't sure. Don't want to talk about it because what if it, <laughs> what if it doesn't happen? But actually I was interviewed. I was a, a member of the month for WeOps, it's Women in Construction Operations. Mm-hmm. And they interviewed me for their newsletter and I let it slip in that in that in that interview that I was going to be you know producing a a podcast, and she put that she published the name of it and everything, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> I got to do it now. <laughs> it's real. Like somebody real. actually said like, that it was happening. So to answer your question, like you know, I was just I didn't go into it thinking how long term this was going to be. You know, twenty twenty kind of threw us for a loop because like I said, I'm a business developer. So everything that I was going to do, like the AIA conference on architecture, like, I mean, it was going to be in my backyard. It was literally going to be like an hour away. And I was like, this is so awesome. But we go to those conferences, we get like the contacts that we need, we get to go to lunch with them and do all this, you know, all the sausages made at these conferences. And so 2020 really threw me for a loop because none of it happened. And so I'm thinking, well, how do I connect with, so my key decision makers are architects, engineers, the people that come to the table at the very beginning of a project to talk about the building framing system. Those are the people that I need to talk to and connect with. How am I getting to do that? They're at home, you know, they're doing homeschool with their kids. They're busy and their, their work lives are like all upside down. And so the podcast was really, you know, that automated first touch. I don't like cold calling. I'm not a salesperson. I hate cold calling, but I feel like podcasting opens that door. Like just for me to be able to read, I listened to you. I felt like I know you because I listened to your podcast. And so I reached out to you like, Hey girl, like, you know, can we talk? And you're like, yeah. So I, I feel like that there was the like, it's like the first step, you know, there should be no cold calls in 2021. Like right. you should be able to get in contact with anybody you want to with LinkedIn. If you're good at, if you're a good business developer, there should be no such thing as cold, cold calling. But I feel like if you, if it takes people seven to eight times to know what you do, why you do it and to quote unquote buy from you, why can't the podcast be step number one or two? Because now you know my name, now you know who I am. And then the the time that I reach out to you, hopefully you've listened to the podcast and you know a little bit about me, you know, is it, there's vulnerability in podcasting. I mean, you know, like you're putting yourself out there and I'm like reading the reviews and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, are people going to say something mean? <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> so I think, I feel like it, the vulnerability is that it's that first step of, of talking to people. So I don't have a plan. I, I want, I love it. I, so far I've, I've published the two and my frequency is every other week because, you know, I have a full-time job. I have two kids and they're in school and, um, married. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> playing in the place. Yes, girl. Yes. So I was like, okay, but I, I think I could do that frequency, but you know, this architecture, the AEC community, 
they go strong for supporting. So I said, you know, being a part of the podcast community has been awesome, but the AEC community has really supported my podcast. Like, like I didn't think anybody was going to listen to it. And I've got people, you know, architects that are listening to it in the mid, like in the Midwest, like the reaches, you know, I only work here in Southern California, but the reach has been amazing. And so it'll be global too, if it hasn't been already. Yeah, there's been a few, you know, in other, like, in other countries, like, in Canada. Canada really likes true crime, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) They do, like, it's like, Canada and the U.S., and, and so as I, you know, go down this, this road, it's, it's kind of neat to just, me to be so maybe naive about it, right, and like, this is just, like, a fun thing, and this is just how I connect with my AEC community, but I see it, it could be, you know, long-term for sure. I'm going to keep going until, until it doesn't feel good anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that could be next week. No, I'm just kidding. I could keep going. I, you know, I was like, well, I'll do, I'll do seasons and, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll be multiple. Like, I don't know. It just, it's very organic right now. And that's, that's okay for me right now. So how we're, how, where, oh my gosh, <laughs> where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at, at Death by Architecture Pod. And I have a website. It's www.deathbyarchitecturepod.com. And I just started a TikTok. So oh. uh, I know. I was like, to do a TikTok dance and about murder? I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really only have TikTok to follow my daughters and make sure that things are how old are your daughters 11 they're 11 and 8 so wow yeah you got a teenager and an adult (laughs) right man that's super fun but i'm on tiktok at at death by arc podcast so i don't know what i mean i feel like i'm too old for tiktok but we'll see yeah i haven't haven't touched that at all either personally or with this podcast because i was like what am i going to i don't i don't show my face right? I don't do that. I've been thinking about it, but a lot of podcasters are using it. Yeah. I don't, I don't show my face either. I'm trying to come up with a way to like, maybe it's like a commercial, right? Like Mm -hmm. coming up on and maybe just do pictures. I don't know, but I've seen some podcasters in this space and it's been great for their listenership. So Mm. I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm always down to try something once. You should try Clubhouse. Clubhouse is fun too. Oh yeah, I've been waiting for like an like an invitation or something. Like, girl, I'll invite you. Thank you. Thank you. You have you have iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll invite you. Thank you. I was I'm waiting for an invitation. <laughs> after this call, I'll turn on my my phone is on airplane mode right now. But after this, I'll. Yeah, girl. I I haven't thing about Clubhouse though is you will be on there for days if if you let it. Cause it's so I mean, the information has been priceless for me. Hmm. And is or entertaining too. They have spoken word on there. So a lot of black and brown folks go on and they just be spitting some knowledge. Nice. There's like, and I also do a lot of the real estate stuff too, and just listening in on what they're talking about. Only now architects have been hopping on there. 
I've been missing them because of their, their times, but, but there was even me, I was thinking about hosting something, but again, that you say an hour, four hours later, you're still talking. And I don't have that. I don't have that kind of time to, to do that. And I need like five people on there so I can just hop off and let it keep going. Yeah. Um, but I just haven't had the energy to organize that. And then what I'm going to talk about, what I'm going to do, we could just let it flow, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could talk about anything. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's true. It'll be, it'll be two people talking, me and you, blah, blah, See, blah. See, down the rabbit hole. We're like, and it's day three. It's still, yeah, it's still just- Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids are crying. Mom, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'll be there in a minute. Me and Melissa, we still talking. Yep, still mad them. There you go. Talk to your father. Talk to your father. We still talking. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's my kids are like, who did, you know, I'm the, I'm, my personality is very type A. And so I can go to the store and talk to people and they're like, mom, who was that? I'm like, I don't know. That's just a lady in the spice aisle. Like, I don't know. She started talking to me. I'm, I'm a talker. So maybe that's not a good thing for me. <laughs> Maybe don't send that invite. <laughs> All right, Tanil, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you. I, like I said, I really appreciate your support and, you know, just I feel like we've known each other forever and it's so I awesome. Mean, it's, <laughs> we have, we have. <laughs> we have. <laughs> probably met before in some way or I don't know. You never know. You never know. Never so, know. Yay. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Hey, listeners. I have an exciting announcement. I decided to launch a membership program for the show where you have a chance to support me and the show directly. I love creating the show and it means the world to me that you all tune in to keep hearing me week after week. But it takes an immense amount of time and energy to produce. I want to keep the show going and I want to invest in its growth and I also want you to become a partner with me in this journey. That's why I'm excited to give you a chance to officially become a supporter of the show at glow.fm slash arch is poly A-R-C-H-I-S-P-O-L-L-Y or by clicking the link in the show notes. It's quick and easy. It takes less than 30 seconds and just takes clicking a link in the show notes and using Apple or Google Pay. You don't have to create any new logins and you can contribute as much or as little as you like. If this show is part of your day or week and you like what I'm doing, then visit glow.fm slash archespoly, all one word, and support me and the show in any way you can today.